listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. My next guest spent 23 years as a sports columnist at the New York Post. He's also worked at the Times and Newsday and the Memphis Commercial Appeal. He's the author of The Bite Fight, Tyson and Holyfield. (laughs) <laughs> the night that changed boxing. He and I will mention that because we both were there. And co-author of the New York Times bestseller, Unnecessary Roughness, Inside the Trial and Final Days of Aaron Hernandez. We welcome George Willis to the program. Hey, George, how are you? I'm great, Larry. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you, sir. So tell me about your new spot now. We know that you've left the post and now you're at the New York Extra. Tell me about it. Well, yeah, I've joined a new platform it's called the uh, com, and it's a uh a website that'll offer some commentary on sports and news and entertainment. So gives me an opportunity to branch into a few different things and talk about something other than just sports and uh, looking very much forward to that. Well, you started off with a bang, my friend, your, <laughs> your first article, sports media must take a serious look in the mirror. And uh, boy, do I know what you're talking about. Share this with the audience. <laughs> Well, basically, we're in a climate where, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about what happened uh, with, uh, you know, George Floyd and social issues and how, you know, people have been, uh, you know, basically been a victim of racism for a long time. And I think you've asked athletes what they think. And we here in the sports media, we do a lot of coverage of what people say. And, you know, we've covered the protesters and we've covered what the athletes have had to say. And we've asked the different professional leagues, the NFL and the NBA, what they're going to do. But, you know, it's also time for those in the sports media to examine themselves and basically look at their hiring practices. Uh, Does your staff reflect the kind of diversity that really is needed today? Or is it a staff of maybe all white males like it has been for you know, years and years. And I think, uh, you know, it's very important now that we're at this juncture that uh, people in the hiring positions, uh, sports editors, uh, what are they going to do to affect change? Or are they just going to be bystanders? Now, George, in your article, you write that you've been the sports writer for 37 years. I've been around kind of along the same time. And George, it's, it's a discussion that uh, we have amongst ourselves when we're on site uh, at various games and we look around and it's like, hmm. And George, it's a, it's a discussion we've had and, and we've had it, it seems like since I started, we were having this same discussion and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of change. Why is it because folks aren't taking that next step as journalists? Are they not encouraged? Or is it the same old story that we normally used to hear of? Well, we just can't find anybody for these jobs. Well, the reality is when I go to press boxes and I look around and see who's in attendance and who's working as either, you know, a print reporter or a television on-site person or a cameraman or things of that nature, number one, there's very few minorities in the press box at all, and then maybe half of those are uh, former professional athletes working in a broadcasting capacity. But when you try to find in the radio business or in print business, very few minorities uh, that are present in the press box. And actually, you know, the numbers I think have gotten worse uh, over the last 10 years. 
when you would think that maybe they would become more diverse. Uh, it's just not happening. And I think there was maybe an emphasis on hiring and diversifying staffs in the 90s, but it hasn't been that way, you know, heading in to the last 10 or 15 years. And what I'm concerned about is, you know, the younger people coming in, will they get the opportunities that they deserve? Are they getting, you know, to be looked at on a fair basis? And I just don't think that's happening. I don't know what the excuses are. Uh, they can't find minority uh, candidates or whatever. I think that's a cop out. But, I, you know, my plea is just sports editors and managing editors just to do a little better, look a little harder and see if you can get your staff to reflect, you know, the people that you're covering. And George, speak about how important that is, because it changes the type of assignment. It may change the angle of the assignment that you have. It, it's it's just a different point of view. Yes, it is. And I know, you know, with the era of social media that's going on now, you know, athletes are getting a voice that they've never had before. They can go straight to the public with how they feel and their concerns and their issues. So they don't need the media to to get their, their voice out there. But you're not really understanding what somebody's talking about. If you can't identify with what they're talking about, if you can't sort of feel what they're talking about, then you're not going to really represent what they're saying. You're going to twist it to what you think and what you feel. And, you know, that's always good. But you can't have a staff that's entirely made up of that. You have to have some diversity on your staff. You have to have people with different life experiences because that's the people that you're covering. Chatting with George Willis. He's now a member of the NY Extra. You can reach, reach them on the NYExtra.com. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. So, George, what's what's the suggestion? What do you tell the journalists who are listening to us right now, future journalism students who, who want to get into this business? And uh, sh- or should they be discouraged? Should they? What, what do you tell them? Well, I think that the business is changing, Larry. I think, you know, it's open to a lot of different opportunities for the young journalists mm-hmm. coming in, uh, especially covering MMA and boxing. You see a lot of young uh, entrepreneurs uh, taking using their YouTube channels to become their own type of journalists, covering mm-hmm. these fights, covering boxing matches. You know, they're not going the traditional way of trying to join on with a newspaper because those jobs don't exist, very hard to get into television in internships and become a reporter because those jobs are also, you know, becoming fewer and fewer. So they have to become a creative and almost invent themselves. I see, uh, you know, young men and women covering MMA and they've got their own sort of flair with their own name and their own name tags and their own way of dress. And they're also starting to do that a little bit in golf. You know, when you mm-hmm. see the bar stool websites. So it's a wide open field out there. You have to be very creative. But, you know, the hardcore uh, uh, mainstream media outlets, you know, the ESPNs, the Yahoo.com, you know, the New York Post and the New York Daily News, New York Times, and the major papers across, across the country, Associated Press, they still have a measure of power. And those are the people that need to to really take a hard look at their staffs staffs that they have 
and try to diversify it and, and make sure that we're not getting back to where we were trying to get away from. Yeah, because like I said, George, we we've we've had these conversations. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the Association for Black Journalists, uh, right. you know, have have tons of resumes. I mean, they have they have you know uh, conventions every year trying to get resumes and trying to you know push forward. And we've had these discussions. The late Stuart Scott spoke at at, at one of the uh, you know black journalist conventions to talk about some of the things that we're doing that he was trying to do to add diversity mm-hmm. there. So this is mm-hmm. it, it's it's almost disappointing that we're still at that, but it's like a lot of things. George is we have to keep fighting. Well, yeah, it's an amazing thing that you're talking about the discussion about inclusion and and adding more diversity to the conversation and on their professional sports team, where if you look at the sports media, that's where a lot of the uh, the firings and the furloughs have been taking place among the African-American communities to the point that Mark Cuban has made a donation to the NABJ to help the number of African-Americans who have lost their jobs and media jobs during this time. So, you know, that's sort of a story that's not been spoken about. That's what's going on. And, uh, and it's a, you know, it's a tough thing. It's a sad thing. There's a lot of bad things going on right now, but that's also one thing that's going on in the media that really hasn't been talked about a lot. There's no question about it. George, I, I can't talk with you and not talk about your book, uh, Tyson versus Holyfield. Right. <laughs> and and with the with the conversation anyway. that I'm hearing about Tyson looks great. He might be coming back, but just just take me back to that night, George. It it was a, it was a surreal night in Las Vegas. It really was. It was a wild night, you know, when I first <laughs> uh, came up with the concept of the book, they're like, "How are you going to write a book about something that happened in 3 minutes?" But if you look at everything that went on surrounding that fight during that night in the Mm -hmm. aftermath of that fight, there was just a whole series of things that happened from, you know, going into the fight that these two had paralleled each other for a long, long time. They finally fight after the fight being canceled two or three times. And uh, Holyfield wins the first fight, big upset. They do the rematch. The same thing is about to happen. And Tyson starts biting his ear, gets disqualified. And there's also a riot in the MGM, uh, the MGM Casino Hotel yeah, that's right. that happened. And, and then you talk about the plastic surgeon who was the guy who put, found the ear and things like that and put the ear back together. And the, the climate that was, you know, boxing was at that particular time was just, uh, you know, we haven't seen that again, really. The Tyson era, Don King era, mm-hmm. uh, all those kind of big fights that were going on at that particular time. So... Anytime you revisit basically any one of those fights, Tyson Spinks, any one of those big fights in those areas, there was a lot of stuff going on that uh, that that people really enjoyed, I think, I think, reading about. Not the same type of uh, tenure that we're getting with Tyson Fury, huh? Well, no, Tyson Fury has really brought a lot of excitement to the boxing game. And if you talk to a lot of people, you know, different Americans as well as people from the U.K., he is their favorite fight fighter. He's brought entertainment back to the sport with the whole chariot entry in mm-hmm. the Wilder fight mm-hmm. and the way he carries himself, not to mention his mental health story. So yeah, I think he's, he's probably the brightest shining light in boxing has seen in a while. And it's almost a shame that this, you know, pandemic has sort of slowed things a bit. But people are excited about, you know, him fighting Joshua and, and Tyson fighting Wilder again. And I think, 
you know, that's brought a lot of excitement to the heavyweight division. It 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 just seemed like George that the Klitschko brothers held the heavyweight belt for about twenty twenty five years. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> and you know they were credible champions. There just was not a lot of competition out there for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there just really wasn't a lot of competition for the Klitschkos to really build a legacy on. And they were trying to fight the mandatory challengers. There was there was just nobody there to fight. And uh, you know, by the time uh, Joshua came along, uh, Klitschko was basically done and so he was he didn't really have that opponent that you need to build a legacy with and and that's too bad last thing uh when we talk about kind of what you're talking about in your article here george it's it's interesting that we're looking at athletes and there was such a a a long time that we were begging especially in the African-American community, for our athletes to speak out. And now we're seeing that uh, to mm-hmm. the point that we even got a debate now whether the NBA wants to come back or not because right. they feel, a, you know, a sense of of duty to speak out mm-hmm. and, and represent the community. It's, it's, it's one of the things that has, unfortunately, that this has brought out. There's nothing new. We in the community understand that we've seen this over and over again as far as, uh, you know, bad policing. But... It, it, it's one of the positive things, I think, that's come out of it. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, we it's funny that we can criticize the athletes for, for speaking out nowadays. That's when we used to criticize them for not speaking yeah. out. So mm-hmm. that, that's kind of funny. But I think it's, it, it, it's a wonderful thing. I think it's only going to continue as athletes realize they have leverage because of the economic power they have nowadays. Uh, they also have the social media to uh, to control the narrative. We've seen that with Jamal Adams and what he's doing yeah. with, the, with his negotiations with the Jets. You know, he's mm-hmm. controlling that. You know, every day there's something in the paper about what he has posted on social media. So he is controlling the narrative. That never happened, you know, in the 90s or, you know, even 10, 15 years ago. So they understand they have a lot more leverage. They understand they have a lot more economic power nowadays, and that's allowing to speak out and voice their opinion without fearing that they're going to lose any of that. The article is entitled Sports Media Must Take a Serious Look in the Mirror by George Willis. You can read it on the nyextra.com. And, George, you have a personal website as well, right? Well, my Twitter account, you know, is G Willis Sports, and then we're – building some things a podcast will be coming in the near future and we can tell you about that but uh, you know it's good times ahead in the sports media and i think diversity is going to be important that everybody has a voice and talk about things and what and sports everything from the scores to social issues i mean sports is what galvanizes people supposed to bring people together and i think it it still can be that best of luck with your new projects my friend we'll talk soon All right, Larry. Take care. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.